ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Society 13 Podcast Network, and you are listening to Kettle Whistle Radio with Heather and Dave, the only place I come for the music, macabre, and movies. striving to salvage some hope against a ravenous bastion of evil bent on ruling our world. Burning Bull Publishing presents The Fall of Tomorrow by David J. Fairhead. Available May 1st at Amazon.com and at BurningBullPublishing.com You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. Now your hosts, David Fairhead and Heather Taddy. Hello, folks. Get ready for part two of our interview with John Russo, writer of the original Night of the Living Dead, which will be playing at the Hollywood this Saturday. It's actually a big fundraising event starting at two. The movie is later on, I believe around eight. I think they're selling out. But first, uh, I want to play a little something from some friends of mine, The Cheats off of Pussyfootin', which is a great album, um, the song Broken Creeper. Really enjoy it. I'm going to play that right now, and we'll get right into the interview. Jogging off, he can't be stopped. Same old scum, so strike, cross the gun. Here comes God, whiskey jar, who gives 
Zombie walk last year. So well, he makes Russ, I get jealous of Russ and George Cassano when we're at conventions because they get yeah, asked to, to do Cassano their famous did. lines. You know, I know. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Russ had, uh, you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara, yeah. and all that. And yes. He gets asked, and then he charges people a quarter if they say it. He says he gets a royalty, <laughs> and they go along with it. They give him bags of quarters. <laughs> For uh, Santa, they fight over who had the most famous line, and he had their dead, they're all messed up. What was it like to work and with And then I say, then I try to get in the game, and I say, you want to hear my line? And they say, what line? I say, because <laughs> I, <was a, laughs> I was a zombie that got the tire. And oh, head. I know that. I know that. Just like at midnight, you showed up um, in both, like, as a coroner and a cop, right? Oh, uh, no, that was in Majorettes. Which Majorettes. I, I didn't want to do, but Heinzman said, you're going to have to do it. And Heinzman was directing, and he said, you're going to have to play it. I thought because, it was funny that you showed up. Uh, I'm not going to cast any else. I've never seen that. I was a baton yeah. twirler all through oh, high school and junior high, oh, so I was happy to see you made a film about Majorettes, but I haven't had a chance to see it yet. It, if you oh, like the 80s uh, slasher it, thing, it's okay. It's not bad. It was sold all over the world, but, you know. A lot of shooting and explosions at the end of that movie. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. um, but Tom Savini, I, I wanted to ask you earlier, what is he like to work with? And do you uh, you see him often well, now? Or uh, we, yeah, I see him at conventions. That's and then a few months ago, Russ and Russ Strider and Tom and I, along with Rob Lucas, Rob's graduated full sale, so he set up a thing for us to go down there for uh, and do a talk with the, their student body. And we thought for a while we were going to shoot Midnight down there, but then oh, we didn't. But uh, I would love to see that happen. They were honoring. They have a they have a Hall of Fame weekend, and they honor their successful graduates, and that's what the weekend was. And so we were at this big fancy. They do things, you know, grandiosely. Everything they do is done well. I don't mean that that is an exaggeration, really. Well, you know so, that. Um, Mr. Corby here was influenced by his dad. Who influenced you with your musical background? Where you, Me? Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, all your music you have in all your movies. and Oh, the movies? You movie? do sing now, too. So. Well, I used to sing in an R&B group in college, but I never did anything with it after that, and I got a bug up my ass. And <laughs> I just thought, well, my daughter hears me singing around the house and in the car, and I. since we're in the studio recording Chuck's album, yeah, uh, I'm going to... Yeah, he said, if he could do it, I could do it. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. There's no way I could do it better. There's no way I'm going to... I knew there was something there. There's no way I'm ever going to sing better than Chuck. That wasn't that wasn't in my mind. I just thought, well, let me try this. Let me just have... just, And I wanted to see what I would sound like, that's all. Oh, this... Uh, this song here is from this movie here, The Return of the Living Dead. Um, when I first met you at the Horror Film Festival in Pittsburgh, it, you remember that one, um, you had the script for it there. I don't know if you were selling it or... Uh, well, yeah, I have, you, uh, I have sell... Uh, yeah, I that's sell one of my favorites. The, I love that movie. The Down O'Bannon version? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Were, yeah. you, were you happy with that? I had nothing that to effort? do with the music. Or, yeah. You know, they... Uh, yeah, I love the movie. I thought Dan did a great job, and I wrote the novel based on his script. Exactly, yes. But I didn't work on the movie. Well, the, the, you know, the we movie... We had sold the property, so... It's, uh, but the movie itself... But Dan was that, easy to work with as far as I worked with him on the, you know, novelizing the script, and he was a very nice guy, although... <laughs> it was a perfect If blend. you see More Brains, the, the great documentary on the whole thing called More Brains... Uh, I think that's on... Is that on Netflix? Because I, I think I... Probably is. That. It's gotten great reviews and... Uh, you need to watch this. You're uh, taking that home. I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, I showed... We showed it to our filmmaking students because it's such a... It's such a great documentary, for, you know, about the movie business and what it takes to, to have a successful movie. I'm in it a lot in the beginning because... I was the only one that knew everything that le leading mm -hmm. up to 
the thing and some of the legal problems and all that. So, right. Uh, but I'm not saying that because of me. The whole cast and everybody involved did a great job in this documentary. I will definitely want. I, I want to see that yeah. now. I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you should. See. It's very entertaining. And now I want to ask you of all this, everything that this is a question for both of you, really. What work are you most proud of right now? Whether it's one of your books, well, writings, movie, music. <laughs> I have the best book I've prob- done probably is The Awakening, which was the book, you know, the Heartstopper, aka uh, Dark Craving, was based on that book. Can we still and, get that? Uh, as far as movie, I, I still... I had a great time working with Chuck and doing... Uh, well, not just Chuck, but everybody involved in uh, you know, the mobster and the soul singer. Uh, it was That's why I did it. It was a breath of fresh air after doing Night of the Living Abomination. <laughs> <laughs> and Chuck, what did you think? What do you think? I feel the same way. I'm most proud of the, of the movie and... Uh, some of the songs that we did. What is your favorite? Well, I know the ones you get asked to do all the time, like me and Mrs. Jones and Curtain Falls has become his his calling card. That's right, a great Chuck? song. Great yeah, that's our, yeah. That's our yeah. Now, yeah, now, that. now everybody's doing it. Of uh, course. Jimmy Beaumont and Skyliners end their show with it now. Bo Wagner, who does a Frank Sinatra impersonation thing. Um. He, he does. He does it now, but we were the first to do it and then because of Jack. And uh, here you are again. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just. Uh, I, I surprised uh, in the movie. I was. I was. I didn't really think I could act, but I kind of did okay. I think. If you can get on that stage and sing the way you do, I think you can definitely have That's what t- Jimmy said. Jimmy, I don't know if you know Jimmy Beaumont. The sky mm-hmm. the oh, I know the, 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 the name of the band. That's from my dad, actually. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so that's why when you're on that stage, every night, you're not, you're a natural. I've been telling her she wants to be in a horror movie, but now she wants. She says she wants to get behind the camera more than. In I want to do everything. Yeah. I can't decide. What kind of what kind of uh, training have you had? Have you taken um, film courses? I took or a couple production classes. Yeah. Where? Um, at Penn State. Uh-huh. My degree is in like film and media studies. Most of my oh. classes, honestly, were like film theory. So I learned a lot about cinematography, and that's kind of what I'm into. Just you know what you actually see on film, and I'm really into like experimental filmmaking. Would uh, uh, I wonder, and I don't know much about like podcasts. Is this considered a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but like our students might like to, you know, for you to come out, both of you, and talk to them about podcasts and what how you do it and what what it's all about and how you build it. I only go. She goes. Yeah. Yeah. See, she does. I I can't do the. I'm not good in front of a camera or in front of people, but I'm willing to try. So, just like you. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to say. I, uh, and, but they gave me the encouragement when everybody said, <laughs> I like how they laughed at me. Are you he's, saying He's like on that, stage. Then? He's shy. I don't say much on stage. I talk very little. Hmm. We just go on. We just perform. And I say what I have to say, and that's it. And... I can't just picture him being an actor. So that gave me really the more... That would give you the boost. Yeah. If it's something you know, like if I'm talking about my heart... I knew I could do it in my heart because I always wanted to do it as a little kid. Because I was the only child and I used to pretend. I used to pretend I was different different people. Very good. (laughs) Excellent. Today I was Johnny. I was Italian. I'm Johnny Scarpino. And I would do these little scenes. My mother would glasses. walk in a room. I'd be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> you said one time you used to use a broom handle for a microphone. Oh, yeah. For oh, too, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'd put a little sport jacket on. I'd be singing, using one. Well, back in those days, we had the old push sweepers. And I'd be using that for my <laughs> oh, mic stand. Yeah. Yeah. And she'd walk in. I'd be so embarrassed. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm sweeping the floor. What are you doing with that jacket on? I was <laughs> Yeah, I had a hockey stick and bass guitar for a long time before I got a bass. But I have to say that when Chuck, the times that he does 
start talking between songs and talk to the audience, it's hilarious that he does it really well, and I wish he would do it more. You know, a lot of people wish he would do it more, but that's that's not his style. It's not your style, uh, huh? Uh, that, uh, there's a black mass. Black mass. That's yeah. Soundcastle. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He did that. And that, yep, that's from Midnight. The soundtrack, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of struck me. And the, when it's played in the movie, it's really creepy. It's during the yeah. again, we were talking about the satanic ritual, and I, I found that to be. There are some creepy. people that don't get it, like Russ was talking about. Well, he doesn't particularly like Midnight, but it's yeah, it's really stripped down right in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's like uh, that. Uh, he says it's not his cup of tea, and he doesn't quite un- he doesn't understand it. But yet, The Exorcist is oh. one of his favorite movies, and he <laughs> says because he was. He had newly become a parent, not a parent, <laughs> a parent, and <laughs> and it scared him that the thoughts of having a little girl whose head would go around around and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, which is funny because I said to him, you know, that in midnight there's a there's a battle going on between the religious girl. And the and the head witch, the, especially when they're going back and forth with the readings. Oh, yeah, yeah that point was... point counterpoint. And I said to Russ, I said, you know, when so, when people see somebody, religious people see somebody praying to the devil and all that, it, it makes them shudder. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 tremors go through them. Well, I guess Russ didn't realize that. You just got a reaction over here. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Well, no, I just know I know about you that know whole that's subject true, just huh? from you know. <laughs> Yeah, so for a low-budget movie to play off of that kind of fear in people, that's what I was doing. And plus, it's un, it's unrelenting and unrelieved in the fir- in the book and in the first edit. The girl never does get saved. The film ends with her in the cage praying her butt off, and you know really? nobody's Is coming. That right? Ooh, that changes. Yeah, because the point was, I don't care if you pray to God or pray to the devil, nobody's going to help you but yourself, and that we're all down here alone, and it's up to us. To make the kind of world that we're going to make, and the irony that her, that's, her stepdad—that's my—that's my feeling. Whether anybody agrees with it or not, you know, I say we don't need a devil. We're bad enough on our own. Oh yeah, you got that <laughs> <You know>. right. <clears throat> I just thought it was unusual too the irony of her stepdad coming to save the day mm-hmm. in midnight, and he was the one that started. Well, that's why she left home to begin with. But in the first edit, he—he—he he, he doesn't save her. He leaves. There are there are scenes that I had to take out. That you know he comes back and lies again to the mother because now he's off the hook. If she if he leaves her to die, he's not going to get told on. <laughs> yeah, good point. But Sam Sherman, who, who's you know president of Independent International Pictures, Sam said we'll never get an R, so we got to you have to do a new ending. So I did the ending where the stepfather comes back. And and it works that way. It did work. I, it, I, it's I, not my original. Vision. The book sold. It was one of my best sellers. It sold all over the world. Do you bring all those and books still, to the conventions? By the way, it's being republished. Uh, that's perfect. That's, that was my question. Yeah. Because uh, at Horror Realm, what are you going to be selling there this year? I'm going to see you there uh, next week. Jeez. Well, I have a lot of new things that I print that are print in print for the first time, like uh, oh, cool. the original Return of the Living Dead screenplay, the third edition of the complete Night of the Living Dead film book. In uh, the original night, in my my script that I used during the making of Night of the Living Dead, auctioned for uh, five grand in L.A. So wow. George wow. Romero and I made a thousand signed and numbered copies, in uh, four hundred and some are gone already. Excellent. And but if you buy it from Cemetery Dance or Gauntlet, which I think they're out of the ones they had, but. It's 175 bucks, but if you get it for me at the convention, it's 100. Okay. So you get it almost half price. Plus, I give the people two autographed stills, which are worth 40 bucks alone. So. And you'll be there all three days next week. Yeah. Uh, so that's Friday, cool. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. We're are trying you to guys going to go. be there? We're trying. Oh, well, I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm trying to get I'm her. Try. Yeah. She's, she has. There's something going on in Altoona. There's yeah. Right. There was something going on back home. I was going to try to go to. Are we'll you see. from Altoona? I am. Yeah. There yeah. was uh, a club there that Her- Herman Lardieri, you wouldn't know him, I think you're too young, but yeah, GVU, I think. Uh, I, I, can, I always forget the, the initials, but it's a place where Sinatra and other big stars used to play all the time. It was a huge place. And, and the, you know, Milton Berle and all these old time stars used to joke about Altoona. 
Yeah. And the reason they did is because it was down. it was a train stop in, yeah. in the days when entertainers yep. toured the country, and they all performed in Altoona. So uh, Herman was like a good friend of Sinatra's, and that's how I met all the people. They asked me to join that organization. Like, you know, I wonder what that. Both have family. There's a, do you know the police chief there? No. Uh, no. Well, Jason luckily, Freeling. Yeah, is, there's a guy named Jason Freeling. He buys a lot of my stuff on eBay. Uh-huh. He comes to conventions, and his mother's the police chief in Altoona. Uh, okay. hmm. And uh, and she knew right away when I brought up Herman Lardieri in that place. She knew right away what it was, and yeah. it's not open anymore. He died a few years ago. Okay. But the. The, the the pool table. I don't know if this is good for your listeners. We, you know what? We're just sitting here listening care. to you. Yeah, so like go you for it. <laughs> but the pool table. He had this really big pool table there, and that's the table that Sinatra used to shoot craps on. So he gave it to Lou Grippo. That's where my office was for a long time. Office and studio at the, above the Oyster House. Oh sure. So he gave it. He Herman gave this pool table to Lou Grippo. Put in one of the oyster houses, and then I go there all the time. When he didn't want it anymore. He gave it to Ray Wayne, who I worked with on majorettes and other things, mm-hmm. and we had to get it into Ray Wayne's basement, and it wouldn't fit. Everything fit except the slate top. It wouldn't yes, go down the steps. It. Good luck with that. So, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, what we did, we arranged for somebody to take it, Ray's wife out to dinner, and while she was gone. A hole was sawed in the new leaf, new flooring oh, of the wow. kitchen. New wow. leaf, new with some kind of parquet tile, you know, whatever. Had to saw a hole in it, lower the slate down through the kitchen, and that's funny. And, and patch it back up before before Susan came from. Did she back. ever find out? I don't. I don't know if he ever told her later. I don't remember, but that was pretty funny. When we took it apart, the dice were still in there. We thought maybe Sinatra used these dice. Well, Lou was one of the. Yeah, he he was yeah, on the right. back as in our movie. Oh, really? Oh, that's great! Yeah, so it all comes yeah. together. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and Lou are very close. Now you and and, and 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 Chuck's friend Joe Tabat. Should we mention Joe? Joe Tabasco, who uh, some people like to keep a low profile, but he he, he <laughs> put the name. he put the uh, other half of the money up and for uh, the mobster and the soul singer. So anybody we know, we hit up for money, so we're going to ask you before we leave. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <Well, why not? laughs> now you're teaching a course um, on uh, movie making. I read something about that. What, what's what's with that right now? Can you tell uh, us about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, it's you and um, Russ. When we it? were all together, George Romero, Russ, Russ Streiner, and I, we did a film for uh, commercials and a documentary for uh, a broadcast school in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. And when we saw it, we said there ought, there needs to be a film school. But in those days, you would have had to have millions of dollars for Panaflex cameras and all that kind of thing. Panavision and you know how would you teach editing when you had to have a bunch of movieolas and how would you just run any number of students through it, you know and so we just never did it but I kept the thing in mind and I wrote three books on movie making yep. which are considered bibles of independent filmmaking right do you bring them with you to conventions now you will see I, I never the bring them to conventions because they, they 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 sold out and I you know now we I figured they would be textbooks for my movie making course someday and we do use them um, but the school had to do boys business college had to uh, had to uh, get them scanned and reprinted okay you know so uh, that's a good song. Chuck is stealing your stage right now. <laughs> I don't know what that's there. okay. Yeah. Uh, he should. Now this was pretty amazing too. I, I, yeah, I couldn't believe this one. I, it just sounds like the original to me. <laughs> so uh, I got to ask now. 
there has to be something that you do. Are you watching The Walking Dead? Anything contemporary right now? No, I don't. So you don't watch I know old... Greg Nicotero, and yeah. uh, you know he's from Pittsburgh anyway. Another one. And I meet these guys at conventions, but again, I don't want to watch what they're doing. I want to do my. So know, there's more zombies. I have in your about future. five different zombie scripts. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get that to, one out of you. You right? have to watch about. Uh, That's great. You know, even plagiarism it suits. Even if you don't plagiarize somebody, somebody can accuse oh, yeah, you of yeah. it. This yeah. way, I can truthfully say I never saw your thing. I never read it. Leave me alone. Go away. Great minds think alike. You know, mm-hmm. just leave it at that. See, but, there are uh, more zombies in your future, then. Well, hopefully. I mean, I have a zombie comedy, and uh, the guy, actually, the guys in Toronto that are doing the stage play, they feel like they're going to be able to raise five million bucks to do. Uh, they like two things: my talk app, a zombie script, which is a comedy, horror comedy. It's all hell week breaks loose in the frat house of the living dead. It's real campy. And, uh, Sounds like fun. And uh, unusual. And, uh, <laughs> and then I have one called Earthlings that they like. So they're just reading them now, just finished. And they think they can raise money in Toronto, and they have you know good tax credits there. So we'll see. A lot of st- mo- hundred things get talked about for every one thing that gets done in the movie business, and you just need to Earthlings. persist. Wow. Card was falling. Yeah, is that you kill? Unless, of course, you're going to sing for us. This is a story of every entertainer, how he feels at the end of the night. Well, do you have a song in your heart tonight? Or you're not going <laughs> to sing for us today? We'll let you go this time. But <laughs> next, time. next time. But the movie-making program. Yeah. Uh, yes. So... Uh, I did, you know, I, I studied other people's stuff for years and what they're doing, and then I wrote the books and 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 um, and I start. I did a seminar, three-day seminar. Then I did a six-week workshop, and then I developed that into a, a full-blown program, which we started in Pittsburgh at WRS Motion Picture Lab. When they went out of business, we moved it to Dubois Business College right. and Dubois right. PA. And it's a really nice uh, business school. It's been in business a long time, but it, it's all modern now. And uh, and they have 14 programs, and John Russo Movie Making is one of them. Uh, and we've been there six years. Every year, different classes have won prizes in the 48-hour film project. And they have usually against thirty some competitors, and we have the handicap that our students have to drive to Pittsburgh, get their category, and so on. Drive back to Dubois, start scripting. Well, start scripting on the way, or at least beating ideas around. Then shoot, and they still have to get back to Pittsburgh to make the deadline. And even with that handicap, they've. You know, I think the first time they won best costume, they did a medieval kind of story. And they won Best Cinematography the next year. Then they won, uh, they were runner-up for Best Picture. And then, what did they win? I can't think. Uh, This time, uh, the regular class didn't win anything, but two of our recent graduates won for Best Special Effects. They had had a, a, a dinosaur in their movie. Really? That's awesome. That moved and looked real and everything. That's cool. So they they really do some good work. And you can go to dbcollege.com and you'll see me and Russ. Very good. Yes, you definitely want to plug everything that you got here. Well, thanks. We have people that will definitely look that up. I have a question from one of our our colleagues, if I want to call Nelson Piles that. Again, one of the authors from here and one of our radio broadcasters. Uh He wants me to ask you... um, how do you see yourself in the Living Dead legacy you and George started in the 60s? Well, we can't deny that we started this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, sure. you know, we, we didn't, we knew we were making, we get that asked a lot, did you know that I this movie would be that. a classic? <laughs> and I, I, a lot of times if I'm at a convention, I have that shot of me when I first got into makeup and I'm wearing that white shirt. And I said, that's my proof that I did know that it was going to be a classic because I got a place to sign autographs right there <laughs> on that white shirt. Excellent. So they laugh, you know. <laughs> and um, 
Either that or I tell them that's how I look in real life and this is a four-hour makeup. I'm always joking around with people. I always look for every time I watch your movies, I'm, I'm where is he this time? Yeah. Where is he well, I try ball? not to be in the movies. I didn't want to be that coroner. You know, like I, Stephen King. It's enough to, to, to be directing or producing this, let alone having the job of being in front of the camera, which in many ways can be harder. And, you know, it demands a lot of concentration. I'll tell you, well, i got to answer his question. That, He'll be happy um, if you We know that we started this whole phenomenon, that whole thing of making them dead people and after human flesh and so on uh, did it. And so we can't deny that. We get, you know, we, we're, it's a gratifying thing. But one of the most gratifying things is that we showed the way for other filmmakers to raise a little bit of money and make a reputation and launch a career because, you know, Toby Hooper learned from us. That, you know, he made a film that he never went anywhere until he saw Night of the Living Dead. favorites. In, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. Uh, Sam Raimi, the same thing. They were all inspired by us. I, I met Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I was say what was that like? Yeah. Well, uh, I love his films. I, I've only seen three of them, but I like all of them. I, I love Pulp Fiction, yes. Reservoir Dogs, yes. and, and uh, Inglorious Bastards are the three I've seen. Mm -hmm. But when, uh, when we were introduced there in the lobby of the theater, he said, you're the guy that wrote the books. And I said, what books? Because I didn't know if he meant the novels or what. And he said, the movie-making books. And then a little later, I think out... Well, at some point in the evening, we were having drinks together at the bar, and he said, you know, I made the movie I didn't complete, and then I read your books, and I took notes and made charts, and that's what guided me through my first complete movie. Okay, I just got chills just now. I well, I, I got the She's same thing from uh, Vince Costini, <laughs> who did that dogma, you know. Yes, yes. He invited me and Russ, no, it was me and Bob McAlucci to the set of dogma when we were there when... Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Morissette. Oh, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yeah. They were shooting the scene where she comes down off the steps of the church and there were these bodies lying around. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. God bless you. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to do that. I well, I just thought you'd Zombie be doing it a hundred times. <laughs> but I haven't been sneezing Sorry. that much. No, but John, John Russo can snot. Yeah, also Morissette. <laughs> anyway, this little guy with a beard comes up to me and he says, you're John Russo. And I said, how'd you know? And he said... Your movie-making books guided me and Kevin all through film school and through the making of our first film. So I get that a lot from, you know, uh, that that's very gratifying to somebody that used to be an English teacher. You know, oh, yeah, and I definitely. still dive teaching in my blood so that I do the movie-making program. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people that aren't as famous but have made their their movies and learned, learned from my books and so on. That's... that's uh, a nice thing. I have another question from Nelson, actually. Uh, okay. He wants me to ask you, will there be more John Russo tunes in the future? Ah, you mean get that, out of here. that yeah. I sing? Yeah, he, he, he went and looked that up on his own. I didn't tell well, him about that. Nelson Piles. I'm glad he's I else. told you, Johnny. Oh, oh, get out. Do that get out. <laughs> <laughs> he's kidding. Bob. No, no. Good question, Nelson. <laughs> I, no, I did it. I, I am going to do a few more things just to have it. You know, who knows how long I'll be able to do it because I'm not young. And I, if nothing else, my daughter can. I was surprised I got some good reviews with it, and uh, I got a kick out of it. In fact, I didn't expect any of that. But I think you know there are some people that like them, and some people probably don't, and that's the way it is. I don't think you're ever too old. I'm 41 years old. Somebody told me that I'd be hanging out with a paranormal expert, a mob singer, and John Russo, all in one room doing a podcast. Well, what about yeah. Heather? Heather's, pretty, Heather's prettier than we. Are. Well, yeah, she, I, I did that yeah, our last show, two shows ago. I said she's got the looks. And, yeah, but she has brains too. I, I can't put her down like that. So anyway. But well, yeah, don't I, you I, think that's unfair when somebody has looks and brains? I mean, we have to make it on just brains, and we're half the time half the time we're half wits. I think you paid that yes, guy more money yes. to make this song better than mine. I paid the guy. Oh, he, now he's telling the truth. He's telling he's telling the truth about one thing now. <laughs> The mix on my songs is better than the mix yeah. on his, and it's a crime. No, shame. it's you. You're better than me. Oh, I'm sure, I'm better than you. <laughs> oh my God. 
That's funny. That's I, I wouldn't want anybody to think I'm trying to be better than Chuck Corbin. But I'm just I just <laughs> it, it does sound better. <laughs> it's over. I quit. I'm out. It's <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, there there are some some of the songs of his that are mixed right. Nobody's going to beat the way he does "Curtain Falls," "Beyond the Sea." Uh, I'm blown away by the way he does "All the Way." I mean, yes. you know, but the music's mixed too low. But his vocal is outstanding. And, uh, That's you know, what I want. What song that, would you like in closing today? Paul playing its entirety, of course, after the show. What would you? "Curtain Calls." Is that what you want? Curtain when the curtain falls. Maybe we should hit. People or you want something, something different? That they don't hear a lot. Well, you call it. He has the other. I don't know if he could. The, the new one, I could put anything off of this that you want. Yeah, pick one off of here. This one we haven't heard yet. So. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Yeah, we're gonna do that then. That's our most. All right. Well, in closing tonight, I'll play that for the, for our, our audience then. That's actually the song, me and Mrs. Jones. Oh man, I gotta tell you this story. This will blow you away, whether you use it on the air or not. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you will you? Yeah, okay. Will. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. So at Night of the Living Dead comes out. The movie's making a ton of money. It's getting famous right from the start. It's a smash hit all over the country. We're not getting paid. You know, which part of it was the way things work because it takes nine months for the theaters to start settling with the distributor and even sending in any money. But we're we don't have two dimes to rub together and this movie's all over the place. And Jefferson Airplane calls us, and they want us to come to Philadelphia to their concert. They send us tickets. They want to meet with us and do music for our next movie. None of us went. We didn't have any fucking money. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, then... Oh, no. can't say that. No, you can, actually. That's the beauty. Of, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, but you know what? Take it out. Take it out because, like because of the school. You know, they'll, they, don't, they get blown away with the F word. I just put... Yeah, so, we market but, as... But, um, but that's me. <laughs> we market as explicit. We're fine. But, Say whatever but, uh, you want. So, that's the beauty of this. Uh, along the way, we do this movie, The Booby Hatch, was a sex satire, another thing that would totally blow them away. And, uh, uh, and Jim Campagno, who was a friend of mine and invested in the movie, said that he moved to Philadelphia, and he said there are a couple of musicians that live next door to me, and they want to do music for one of your movies. And, you know, again, we're having a hard time raising money to do anything. And But my wife and I did go to stay with Jim and his wife uh, one summer and just vacation a little bit in Philadelphia. And so I met the musicians, and they, in their, in their, in their living room, they sang and recorded uh, a half hour worth of original material, which I was, thought was fabulous. And, uh, to be able to witness that too. It's and uh, I, br- I bring the tape back to uh, Pittsburgh, and Rudy Ritchie, who was our partner at the time, he said the stuff was no good. I said, "Are you crazy?" I said, <laughs> "I said this was not. If you're listening to this like studio stuff, forget it. They recorded it in their living room, but but it still had good acoustics and so on. But he, he, he was the kind of guy that anything I ever did was wrong." You know, he, he, that's how he was going to advance himself. So, um, guess who the guys were? Daryl Hall and John Oates. They wrote <laughs> me and Mr. Jones um, and sold it for five hundred dollars. They wrote me so, and Mrs. Jones. She's laughing at me right now. <laughs> so, 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 Chuck. Yeah, I didn't know until one of the songs they sang that day was well, me and funny. Mrs. Jones that totally, Daryl sang like a bird, man. Daryl, it was um, so great, and that's such a unique song. And they sold that, that song, song to bear, uh, Gamble yeah. enough for 500 bucks. Well, I didn't learn that they that they sold it because they were broke. So they got no royalties. Oh I thought God. you said 200 bucks. But Five. whatever it was, they sold that song out. The next time I hear it, it's him on stage at that same day that he sang with his father, and that's when I said, this guy is something special, man. You know, that's when I totally bought into Chuck Corby and his talent. We're, we're definitely going to play and, that song. And that was the wanting to do a movie. Then. A guy by the name of Billy Paul ended up doing that song. I don't know if you remember. Billy Paul, I don't know that name. But the guy who discovered him was Damon Wilson. Who was on Sanford and something? Remember him? Of course. Yeah. He discovered Billy Paul in this little club singing "Me and Mrs. Jones," and he went on to 
Incredible. Yeah. But but, but Daryl was I met them both. Oh, and, 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 um, they were both great guys. There's a reason Heather. Yeah, she there's gets a reason good, why I was laughing. She gets a good laugh at me every show. It comes well, up I, every time. I just saw it. I saw Hall Notes last week in Pittsburgh. They played. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, well, I saw it. People don't know that. Okay, here's another, here's another uh, total. Uh, I think Gold. What's the, what's the agency? Gold Jimmy. Um, he, he's 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 Dennis, Dennis um, the comedian Dennis. That's Leary. Uh, oh, no, 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 uh, Dennis. Um, oh, um, Dennis. Uh, I don't uh, know. Our friend's uh, nephew. Gold. Beesies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Weinstein is his name, but it's not Weinstein. It's called gold, something. Gold, gold, I know who you're talking. Anyway, these are the guys that discover Jim Carrey, and I believe they 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 represent all those guys. All the notes, and whenever we did Salunatics, which is you know the original title of yes. that movie, oh Jimmy Miller, it's Gold Miller. Jimmy gold. Miller gold. is Dennis Miller's brother. He's from Pittsburgh. He was helping me and Ray Lane raise money to do the majorettes. And then I never heard about, we didn't get the money right then, we got it later. And I never heard from Jimmy Miller after that. I didn't know what became of him. Here he's the one that discovered Jim Carrey. They're fabulously wealthy. They're one of the top agencies in Hollywood now. And that's Bill Miller. So I sent the Salutics package to them. When we first made the movie, never heard a word back, which that happens often. Oh, yeah, how you? Yeah. I have people that I started their whole career yeah. that don't return my phone calls. Mm. Once they make no it, you're like, that, no? forget, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. We all have a little bit. Yeah, She's no stranger to that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah well, it's because we're nice people. We just do it our way. Yeah. <laughs> Hell with them. <laughs> but so, anyway, I'm going to see you at Horror Realm. Um, Anything else you want to plug, get on here, get people to look at before they see you next week? or I don't know. What do you think? Sell some stuff. Maybe, you, you know, it wouldn't be bad to get in a plug for the Imperials if we could. Mike is yours. Because, because the Tony D'Imperio, well, he graduated from the same high school I graduated from. He came to this country when he was 12 years old. And he had these fabulous restaurants where Sinatra and all these other it. people used to go. Yeah. Where's the restaurant at? It's in Monroeville. Oh, oh okay. okay. That's close to he But he was in the Johnette building for years, and, you know, right on Route 22 there. Mm-hmm, sure. And it, it's like a five-star restaurant. And if you ever want to come out, oh, there, I would Chuck's there. Yeah, come know, on, on me. The come food, on, The food's please. great. It's a yeah. very warm and intimate place. All right. And, uh, well, I have your email address. I'd like to get yours before you leave. And, okay. Uh, so we stay in but touch. You don't have email, do you? And, uh, yeah, but Walt. Well, yeah. Well, you can always reach Chuck through through me. Scary. Well, call my probation officer. Do you, right? <laughs> do you, you want to plug your email address <laughs> on here? You don't want that out there. You're, uh, no, I don't because okay. I'll get all kinds. Good enough. Of, good enough. Yeah. Right. yeah, I should. Yeah, I should know better. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Well, listen. This, this was a lot of fun and informative. <laughs> My God! I, I, I hope, well, I hope we did a good Incredible. job. Incredible! Yeah, definitely. Too much of we uh, good you, stories. Yeah, I like you blew our questions out of the water. I mean, we <laughs> we ran out of stuff. You just kept, you know, this was well, very well, important. And, the um, trouble is, when you're around as long as I, you better have some stories. Well, you know? You're going to have too that's many. That's how stories. we did the movie. I knew you would. <laughs> we sit around <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking at the club, and, and not tell them stories. <laughs> I want That's to how we got some This rip fest you're talking about, or whatever cookout you have, I want to be there next time. Okay. Keep me in mind, please. I'd love uh, to come I out. I will. Again, well, we, had, we did a thing last summer, and I wanted to do it this year, but I've been traveling too much. And uh, I, I've hardly gotten in the pool. I, you know, I do work out every day, but I, I, say, I really also used shape. to swim 40 lights, and now I've scarcely had time to to do it and the pool's there for nothing but we had a thing where I had Chuck singing on the deck and we had about 60 people and you know I loved every minute of it because I always wanted to have Chuck Corby and Quiet Storm singing on my deck that would be great do you do weddings? I want to do it again <laughs> yeah you do see well, love that you, you yeah, did all of mine <laughs> <laughs> cried but I <laughs> wish I knew about you about 20 years ago jeez all right, well, John Russo, Chuck Corby, thank you for your time. and uh, Our pleasure. We, we want to have you back. We have something else you want to plug or send out or whatever. Well, that would be great. 
when we see you at Horror Realm, and we may, uh, we're doing a live podcast from there. We don't know if Miss Tanny's going to be Yeah, I might be there. If she's there, you know, we'll, we'll send her over with a microphone. So. Do you do uh, any uh, video? Uh, we, we, we have in here. It. Yeah, we actually yeah. We did film an episode here not too long ago. You missed that one. But yeah. that's okay. We'll let that go. But yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, we are going to... There's going to be some filming, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're only moving up. We'll just say that. But in closing, um, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk well, to you soon. It's been our pleasure. Thank right. you. definitely awesome um, to hear all of John's stories with making Night of the Living Dead and just yeah. his experience. I mean, he has a ton of stories. Amazing story. I didn't want to interrupt. I, I stopped asking questions and I had a few left and I was like, wow, and Chuck Corby is just a great guy. I mean, those guys have been there, done that, and it shows. Yeah. And I mean, 
me and you just looked at each other a few times, like, you know, and just kind of let it roll. It's <laughs> like, you know what, this is their show right now, not ours. <laughs> it's just crazy how big the whole zombie thing, I mean, it, especially here. I don't know if it's like that everywhere. I but here, so. it's just the zombie, it's everywhere you go. Yeah. You see zombie stuff everywhere. Well, I, I think it's worldwide now, but then we had the originator right here with us. Yeah. I mean, crazy. of course, there's Tom Savini and George Romero, of course, you know, those guys two were part of it. But as far as I'm concerned, this guy, um, he revolutionized that particular monster and revolutionized horror, I think. Yeah, definitely. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Got anything else you want to add before we say goodnight? I'm probably going to go home and watch Night of the Living Dead again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you do have homework. I gave you Return of the Living Dead, which oh, is... Oh, yeah, I've not seen that yet. Yeah, you haven't seen that one, which is... Um, well, you just got to watch it. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'll that. check it out. It has all, everything to do about brains. But uh, well, this was fun. Uh, I think we're both a little starstruck. Little, yeah, that's funny. That's not what you said before. She just shrugged her shoulders. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead, have your laugh. You say good night. Good night. Night, folks. You ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Electric acid.